I remember investing ten thousand rupees in my initial years of college in three individual stocks. That was my first time into investing. Each day, I would check the prices of each of these stocks, sometimes several times a day. When the stock price raised, I was thrilled, and when it fell, I remember I was almost paranoid. At that time, I thought I was being a prudent investor by keeping a close eye on my tiny investment portfolio. What I failed to notice was that I had not invested enough money to make a significant difference in my financial life. Hi, I'm Karishma Shah, your host for the School of Finance podcast, and in today's podcast, we'll be talking about. Why should you focus on the absolute number rather than the percentage while investing? Let's start with an example. Suppose my collection of stocks increased in price by seven percent over the course of the year. That would be a gain of rupees seven hundred rupees. If I sold each of these stocks, I'd have to pay around seventy to eighty rupees as trading fees. So my total gain would be merely six thirty rupees on each stock. Note that here I haven't included any long-term capital gain tax, uh, since that year my income was below minimum threshold limit. In the grand scheme of things, six thirty rupees is peanuts. I would have been better off finding a cheaper monthly phone plan to save that amount over the course of the year. During these years, I've made the mistake of focusing on the percentage instead of absolute amount. I thought about how cool it would be to earn a seven percent return on my investments, without realizing that the actual return was much more significant. Let's run the numbers on S and P annual returns since nineteen fifty. To find out just how important absolute returns are compared to percentage returns, so during the best ten-year stretch, that's during nineteen fifty to nineteen fifty-nine, the S and P delivered a nineteen point five percentage compounded annual return. Conversely, the worst ten-year stretch, that's during nineteen ninety-nine to two thousand and eight. The S and P delivered around minus one point four percentage compounded annual returns. Now consider an individual who invested fifty thousand rupees each year into the S and P five hundred from nineteen fifty through nineteen fifty nine. At the end of this ten year, they would have accumulated nearly fourteen lakh rupees. Now consider an individual who got dealt with the worst ten-year investment. Uh, that's during the stretch of nineteen ninety-nine to two thousand and eight. Now to obtain the same fourteen lakh as the previous investor, they would have to invest around one lakh seventy thousand each year. In rupee terms, both the investors would have ended up with the same amount. The only difference would have been in how the investors felt about their performance. The 1950 to 1959 investor would have been elated, while the one who invested during the downfall would be devastated. And while the percentage investment returns would have been widely different for these two investors, 
the absolute rupee returns would have been the exact same, which is all that actually matters. When I used to work in corporate, I had a co-worker who was highly interested in investing. He and I had a friendly competition where we would compare the investment performance of our funds to see who had earned the highest returns. At the end of my first year working there, he revealed that he'd earned around 8% of total returns while I'd earned only 6%. At first, I was jealous, but the feeling subsided quickly when he told me that he only had the ability to invest 500 each month. That's because he had other bills to pay like house rent, childcare cost, and student loan. At that time, I had been fortunate enough to have very few bills So I had been investing around 10,000 each month. It goes without saying that I clearly had a higher investment base, uh, despite earning lower investment returns. I've noticed a trend that many beginner investors often obsess about. That's the investment performance and asset allocation early on in their financial journey. For instance, They'll attempt to create a portfolio of individual stocks that they believe will outperform the market or they'll try to research complex investment strategies that attempt to time the market, all in the hope that they'll be able to increase their returns by a couple of percentage points. What most beginners fail to realize and what I also failed to realize early on was that It's unlikely that you have enough money to invest for returns to make much of a difference. As I said, a 7% gain on my 10,000 rupees stock portfolio in college would have been worth less than 700 rupees. It's wonderful to develop a habit of investing 1,000 rupees per month when you're young. But if you believe these investment returns are going to make you rich anytime soon, you're only fooling yourself. Early on, your net worth growth will come purely from the amount you're able to save, not investment returns. As time goes on though, investment returns become more and more influential. A 7% return on 1 lakh investment is 7,000. A 7% return on 10 lakh investment is 70,000. And a 7% return on a 1 crore investment is 7 lakh. Investment returns make a difference in later years, but not so much difference in your early career. I often get questions from college students about investment advice. My response is always the same. Keep investing simple with index funds. Automate your investments from each paycheck. Then, use the rest of your time and energy to grow your income. Remember, the amount of money you earn will make a much bigger difference in your finances early on, compared to the investment returns. That's all for today, folks. If you found this episode informative, share it with your friends. You can write to us at school.off.finance03 at gmail.com. See you until next time.